You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, at Locked On Browns. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazingly low prices, all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com as you fine folks know we're gonna get to a bunch of things here um we have a very familiar voice uh, the original voice of locked on browns certainly been a part of the show over the years um some refer to him as the greatest rabbi voice in cleveland browns podcasting and apparently an ultra competitive fella jared mueller my friend compadre how is everything going buddy Jeff, I'm doing okay, buddy. Just enjoying the weather. We didn't get hit by a tornado, so you know that's a benefit at this point in time. You never know. Yeah, what I, I, I saw you were dabbling in meteorology. I saw you were dabbling. You know, Listen, hey, look, anything to add to the resume. Yeah, exactly. Jack of all trades, master of a couple. Wait, that's not how that goes, but I'm going to take it anyways. Uh, hey, look, any way you can find it. Look, if you can give yourself a pat on the back and only get two to three fingers, Jared, you take it. It's a win. It's a win. Uh, we're going to give some mini camp thoughts here. Uh, Jared put out a. Good article today, and this will be, you know, the ultimate. This will be the next test for Andrew Barry and company. Obviously, we will not know about this till hopefully, you know, after a successful January, perhaps maybe a February, uh, February run. But there, you know, we'll see a little bit more about you know Andrew Barry this summer, and of course, obviously, what happens next off season. We'll get to that in segment two. We'll get some twenty one season thoughts here. But Jared, um, we were able to get the official mini camp in the way. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, in taking care of um, in the understanding, you know, of you know what was going on a little bit with the players and their support of J.C. Treader. And I think this is the most that which drives me crazy is people don't understand that it's not supporting J.C. Treader. It's also supporting each other. It's supporting players on 31 NFL rosters. It's supporting players that are not even in the league yet about, you know, the importance of, you know, what your availability needs to be in the off season, because it's not like anybody is not training for God's sakes. If anybody has a social media account, I do believe almost every single NFL player is training in the off season. Uh, you can dig, but you'll find it. These guys are all working out. Um, but to get these, uh, you know, these actual mini camps in, and I think one of the most refreshing things in talking and listening to these zooms and these players, and even a Joel Batonio who's been here forever is, wow, it was so different, you know, working on refinement as opposed to, install because that's all it's ever been in these mini camps over the years. Yeah, I think that's the the really interesting thing. And we'll even talk a little bit about it in, in kind of the next segment, but is, you know, one of the reasons that the Patriots, Ravens, Steelers, whoever it is, have been good is their rosters, you know, their fourth round pick from three years ago has been in the system for three years. And when somebody goes down or they lose a, a big money free agent, all of a sudden they may not have the greatest guy in the world, but they have a guy who knows the system really well, can play well enough until they get their next kind of star in that position or whatever it is. But there isn't as big of a drop-off when you have people that have been involved in systems year after year after year. And so when you have Baker Mayfield, when you saw the improvement from, you know, week one to week nine, week eight, 
you know, that's a huge sign of those steps going forward. And now you had a whole off season where him and Savansky are watching film together and they've, you know, they've, they put the offensive playbook kind of together, together, you know, that, that stuff has to be exciting. Um, not only for what it can be on the top end, but what it really does. So it raises the ceiling, but it also raises the floor that the new guys are the only people that have to learn and they can learn from their coaches. They can learn from each other. It creates something unique. And the idea of, two years from now being in year four and five, right? Like the idea of having the same systems in place for years is so exciting about where, you know, again, that ceiling floor kind of conversation. So I think you saw that um, in mini camp, you saw that in how they interacted prior to mini camp and, and just kind of being on the same page, supporting each other. You saw a team that is gelled as one and Jadavion Clowney even talked about it where it's kind of interesting. All of a sudden they quickly feel kind of like family and that's, that's a sign of Stefanski. That's a sign of Barry. That's a sign of that coaching staff. And now that you brought up Jadavian Clowney, I'm going to get to that. Um, there was zero reason for either Odell Beckham Jr. or Jadavian Clowney to be doing anything in these mini camps. Obviously, Odell coming off from the ACL, uh, Jadavian, it's never been labeled truly what his you know knee injury was or his ailment that cost him 15 games uh, and a short close to the 2020 NFL season. But there was zero reason for either one of these players to participate, even if they were given medical clearance, obviously giving medical clearance, getting out there. But I think and this is where you know, some folks aren't understanding you know, and around the league in understanding what's going on here is you have such a nine dynamic group where the age might be 28 to 22. And look, everybody knows of each other. You have so many guys that were, you know, huge, big time college recruits huge big time college players it's not so much that it's you know whether or not we're going to let each other down that type of thing it's I really really want to get to work with these guys there is such mutual respect in this building and it's it's a heavy amount of what's going to project to be this overall overall 50 you know two-man roster there's just so much and this is obviously the era of what we all live in now where you know you may not know somebody just like me and you, Jared, may not know each other, but we know each other pretty well. And that's what you got going on in this building right now is, you know, I want to, A, number one, I want to see what I look like next to this guy. But A, number two, I want this guy to see what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the excitement of competition, right? It's the excitement of working towards one common goal. And I think that's the other part of winning that changes things. In the past, it was either I'm coming in for a big paycheck or I'm just trying to get mine. I'm trying to protect myself for that next contract that next team. Like those are all things that we have seen for years, veterans, rookies, it didn't really matter. I think again, winning, we talk about winning, curing all it changes all like I'm excited to be with my teammates. I'm excited to work together. I'm excited to show what I can do. And you know, like Tack McKinley, all of a sudden they signed Jadavion Clowney, Jordan Elliott, all of a sudden they signed Malik Jackson, right? Like there is nobody who can really rest on their laurels outside of, you know, a couple of those really high end top guys. And, and they're not resting either. And it's not even a question of resting. It's a question of, you know, I, you know, I want to see where, you know, hey, this is a guy I want to be as good as one day or I want to be mentioned as one day. I want to go that route, you know, and look, you know, he may pick up a tiny thing for me. I may p- pick up two things from him. But at the end of the day, if the Browns are playing AFC Championship, maybe, God forbid, God heavens, a Super Bowl, <sighs> those are the players that people start picking to bring in and say, hey, well, you only got a third of the snaps there. How about we bump you up to two thirds here? Uh, we'll get to the last one here, and I guess we'll call this the 
Cole Beasley moment. Oh, good God. But <laughs> here's the thing. Um, now, the Browns, they're not being specific, but obviously they have mentioned a that more than half of their 90-man roster right now is currently vaccinated. And it's not – look, you're in a difficult spot here where you don't want to tell anyone what to do. You truly want everyone to make decisions for themselves. But this is something, obviously, the Players Association is pushing. This is obviously something the NFL is pushing just so they don't have any awkwardness to this season as opposed to, hey, Cole Beasley, the entire offense is going to go eat lunch in that room. And, like, he got in trouble in lunch, and he basically has to go eat his lunch in the principal's office by himself (laughs) with the principal sitting six feet away. It's it's the importance of this, and it's just the, hey, let, if we can eliminate this headache of what certainly what went on with the Browns, and it's certainly they had their big-time issues with it last year. Obviously, every other club did. But it's, hey, if we can nip this in the bud, and we don't have to worry about it, doesn't it really kind of seem the right way to go? Yeah, and I think that's the unfortunate part of NFL players is everything is public, right? So everybody knows what's going on. Everybody sees what what's going making, on. What you're making, what your game checks are, what you got right. suspended, how much salary they took away, what you got fined, of course. Yeah, everything is so public. And I think it'll be interesting when that stuff becomes public, right? So, you know, on the sidelines, when the when practices, you know, keep going or when people are unvaccinated on the sidelines, are they still going to have to wear masks? I don't have all those rules kind of memorized, but I think you're exactly right. It, it's not about whether you should or shouldn't get the vaccine, but the NFL is set up that it is a competitive advantage to have it, right? Like it just is. If you come into contact, the, if the Browns receivers are vaccinated, if what happened last year happens, they're not missing that game, right? Jarvis Landry still has his streak running of all those games because if he came in contact, but he's vaccinated, he doesn't have to, um, you know, he doesn't have to do all those rules because he's vaccinated. So there's just so many ways to bring the team together on that. I absolutely respect the fact that people have differing opinions um, and, and it is what it is. Um, but for a team and for the NFL, and again, we know all of their business, everything. We literally pretty much know everything. We know this piece of the business and it could affect the season. And so I think it's just something that can make the Browns and other teams lives easier uh, and it's interesting, some of the teams, I know like the Steelers have come out uh, and they're pretty high on the list as well. So uh, it looks like some of the competitive teams are, are looking to win uh, win this one as well. And just one final thought, Cole Beasley, you went to school, you big dummy. So you've had vaccinations in your past. And I'll just leave it at that. There's what, like, I have no problem with somebody being okay with it, but like you don't have to take a stance Nobody's belittling you because you don't want to get vaccinated. So don't belittle those who wanted to get vaccinated. We'll get to Jared's article here next. Um, And this is going to be fun because this is kind of a part of Andrew Barry. We haven't gotten to see yet um, as far as extending of players and certainly a lot of talent to be extended. So we'll get to that in a minute. Latest locked on Browns. Browns Wire new editor-in-chief Jared Mueller along for the ride. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are nearing 
championship runs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Jared, your article today, and this was a good one. And, you know, I, if people, if you missed it, and I understand it's a busy day, A, it's a Sunday, B, it's a Father's Day. Some of you are fathers yourselves, still have to look after your fathers, father-in-laws. It was a great article. Jared probably should have dropped it tomorrow, but we'll just keep that another day. We'll keep that another day. But Jared, this is a part of Andrew Berry we have not got to see yet. And look, to this point, like if you're looking at the Andrew Berry report card, he's getting the rope. He's got the, you know, he's got the honor society rope. He's walking in graduation, as my daughter did, with her honor society rope. Congratulations, Perfect. everybody. Congratulations, um, daughter. He's done he's done a fantastic job to this point. But now this is the next step. And this is somewhere else where we get to view him on. And there's always this tough slope. And especially for Andrew, who's only got one year with these guys, technically, as a general manager. Yes, he's been here with them before. But now they are monumental decisions as far as Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward. Just to name a few, one of these has been put to bed. They handled the Miles Garrett contract uh, you know, last year. But this is where you know it's going to be. In, there's others. Ronnie Harrison, just another one. These are where there's going to be work to be done. And this is where some folks, fans, are going to maybe have an issue or two with Andrew Barry because it's going to come down to a monetary amount, and there's going to be a ch- there's going to be a time here where Andrew Barry is essentially going to have to be bad Santa, where somebody may not get what they deserve, and it's not necessarily because they don't deserve it, but it's just maybe necessarily because the Cleveland Browns cannot give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm rolling through the list right now because there is a lot of players on this list. Now, some of them are, you know, lower on the list, Kaderil Hodge and Malcolm Smith. But I think as you look through it, you know, we have to start looking at those, you know, those Browns guardrails that we know from Paul D. Podesta from years ago. You know, there are quality, there are positions that are going to be valued and there's positions that are not going to be valued. And so as I'm looking at the list, you know, I think about those positions and then I also think about where have they drafted players, right? So wide receiver, for example, Donovan Peoples-Jones has a pretty darn good rookie season for a six-round pick. And then you add Anthony Schwartz. So all of a sudden, as wide receiver, as Hodge and Higgins are free agents at the end of the year, what are the odds that they're going to bring them back again, right? And then you obviously would have conversations mm-hmm. about Landry and Beckham. Those are always, you know, the big name and the big money. But I think as you look no through No way, we list, never talk about those guys well, I, money. I know, right? Never <laughs> attention. But I think as you look through the list, it's it's amazing how many names, right? You talked about Teller and Chubb and Harrison. But even Njoku, who is still under 25 years old somehow. Like, it's just a crazy amount of talent here. And I think in the end, you know, and that's why I wrote a second article later this evening about, you know, looking at the 2020 draft class. In the end, the Browns are going to need to rely on players – that have been drafted in the year prior or the year before that because they can't just pay everybody. They're just not going to be able to, to keep everybody. So is Harrison Bryant the David and Joku replacement? Not that they're the same player at all, but they play the same position. So I think that's where we're really going to learn a lot about Andrew Barry. We're going to learn about the guardrails and age and position and all of that kind of stuff. I think the really interesting thing, you know, when you get down to Jadavion Clowney and Tack McKinley is the Browns have not, besides Curtis Weaver, the Browns have not brought in, uh, you know, that young guy to kind of go through that process. It is interesting, although maybe this draft class and the way it worked out did not necessarily dictate it 
for them, so to speak. Um, but this is, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this because you want to see the evolution, uh, you know, of Andrew Barry into this next phase. And, you know, with being the age that he is, as young as he is, the first one I look to is, you know, and there's without a question. I mean, look, Nick Chubb brings up a whole bunch of questions because if anybody literally smashes the theory of you can just go get another running back, you know, then you don't know the story of Nick Chubb. But it's also Baker Mayfield. And this is where it's tough because if you're Andrew Barry, you probably want to put this to bed right now. If you're Baker Mayfield and his camp, you're saying, well, 18 was good. 19, obviously there were hiccups. 20 was good. Look at the aspirations for this team in 21, which I am the starting quarterback for. Do I want to put pen to paper now? Or do I want to, similar to Joe Flacco back in the day when the Ravens won the Super Bowl, when the lights went out against the uh, 49ers? Or do I want to gamble on myself here? Because this team has the potential to be, if not an AFC championship contender, if not, I mean, it, I, that's where I'm putting it at. And we'll get to this in the final segment. I don't want to you know, kick the, but that's where it's at. So if, if I'm Baker Mayfield, am I maybe, maybe putting pen to paper to 50, 75 million too little if I do it now, as opposed to doing it, you know, maybe November or maybe after the season ends? Well, and I think that's where, you know, we talked a little bit about J.C. Treader and the NFL Players Association. One of the taking care of each other is getting all the money you can, not because of what it does to the team, but what it does to your position. So 50 million, right? 50 million is is a, is a new level. It gets you in that Patrick Mahomes conversation. So all of that. And you also have to remember that Baker Mayfield, um, you know, has chips on his shoulder, the, the size of Mount Everest at times. And so he's looking for those things, right? Number one overall pick biggest contract or big contract, like all of those things matter for him to get to prove himself. So I think Mayfield's going to be the really interesting one. Chubb, you know, the thing to remember is that the Kyle Shanahan or Mike Shanahan system makes Orlando Gary and Terrell Davis, a hall of famer, uh, not Orlando Gary, a hall of famer, but makes him a thousand yard rusher. Terrell Davis, a hall of famer, Mike Anderson, um, all these type of guys, all those guys. Yeah. But the reality is, is every team has paid their running back. I, there's not one team that hasn't paid their running back coming off a rookie contract. It's going to all be about how it's set up. And then for Mayfield, it's when, right? Uh, for the Browns and Mayfield, it is just all about when. I think the Browns would sign it today if they could. Uh, I think Mayfield is kind of like, well, I got this now. Like, I got this offense. This is my team. They're going to have to pay me. So he just has a lot of stroke right now. Well, and the other thing that was when you get a player like Rashard Higgins to bite the bullet for a second year in a row and take a team-friendly contract because this is the guy. <clears throat> this guy feeds people, and that just only helps Baker Mayfield in the long run. Before we start switching up here, and we'll go to the 21 season, Nick Chubb, I don't want to say gun to your head, but, I mean, this is where it's different, though, because – they're, they're star running backs, and Nick Chubb deserves to be mentioned in that. He most likely does not want to be mentioned in that because just the way Nick Chubb carries himself. But it's different when your running back is you know somebody where he is so dedicated, he is so driven, he will do everything that's asked of him. And when you are coaches, and you you know if you coach wide receivers or you coach tight ends, and, or and you start pointing the finger and saying, hey. If your work ethic is similar to that guy, 
that's what we kind of need around here. Nick Chubb, it's not just about running the ball. It's about the statement of the type of player he is and the type of players you want in this building to understand, hey, you don't have to put in a lot of time to, to be an NFL player. You put in your weight room work, the practice work, the film work, it's all limited. But you better take it 110% seriously like that guy, number 24, does. And that's where it's it's not just the fact that Nick is talented at the running back position. He kind of sets a standard while never saying a word about what you want every player in that building to be and what they what they should bring day in, day out for the God, you know, granted they have God-given talents, but for the opportunity that they have because they are so talented, they can make a ton of money within this game. He is like the benchmark of what you want in that building. Absolutely. And I think the other thing it speaks to, though, is uh, that the Browns want to show that they pay their own, right? You you don't want to be that team that's always letting your guy go that's really built the foundation and been a part of that and paying some outside guy. You don't want to be the the team that always treadmills talent and the talent starts to feel like they don't matter or they're not important and, and they're just cogs in a machine. Now, that's always a balancing act like any job. But Nick Chubb, you're exactly right, is the type of guy that you pay Again, structure is going to be really important. How much does he get? When does he get it? How does he get it? How can they get out, right? Um, I know that Paul DePodesta's guardrails is about, um, you know, not having much money into year three that you can get out of pretty cheaply. So I think there's a lot of things that we'll see with the Nick Chubb deal. But you're right. He is the example. He's the guy you point to. He doesn't have to talk. He doesn't have to do the Jarvis Landry thing. It's not his style. It's not who he is. But he's a culture piece as, as much as Jarvis Landry is. That's just for Pete. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's other people who bring culture to this franchise. But we're going to get to some 2021 20, thoughts here on the season schedule. Expectations. And, folks, expectations. Like, they better be high. I mean, like, you know, this better be like, you know, like your first Christmas as a married couple. Like, high. Like, you're expecting the good stuff because that's where this roster is. That's where the talent is. And, you know, they'll never say it. Kevin Stefanski and, uh, and Andrew Berry. Trust me, folks, they're expecting the good stuff, the nice watches, definitely here under the Christmas tree in the 2021 NFL Browns season. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has eight delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time uh, flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorite. If you don't know the Built Bar lineup, well, now you should. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everybody. I've always been the mint brownie guy. It's got that Girl Scout cookie taste to it. Oh, so perfect. If you haven't tried all of the flavors, I suggest a sampler box where you get 18 bars, two of each flavor. So the best way to give it a trial run. Most of the Built Bar flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. I've heard you gym people love them. Um, I just like them as a snack. So if you, if it's great for the gym, that's fantastic for all of you, but God bless you. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business and has been in business for over 20 years, serving customers with auto parts and needs for their vehicles much cheaper 
than the dealerships. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your doorstep. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know the folks here at Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Jared? I'm just singing that song in my head forever. right now. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Brake parts, Jared. New carpet for the car. Whatever you got to do. Um, but Jared, look, you've been a fan of this franchise forever. You've been covering this franchise for an extremely long time, whether it was this podcast, whether it was the OBR, whether it was now editor-in-chief at the Browns Wire. This is where we are now, and we kind of maybe got duped into it again before 2019. But now we have – we got a sample taste in 2020, and you started to see where it it, it climbed the ladder. And now you see what's brought in, and, you know, we knew – Going into 2020, wow, they really did a lot, everything they could for the offense. You can't do everything in one offseason. So, but this year they didn't really have to do so much for the offense. 2021, it was like, we got to get Joe Woods what he needs. We've all heard what Joe Woods wants, wants to play a bunch of defensive backs, wants athletes on the field, you know, wants to match these spread offenses. And they are there with the personnel. Obviously, it's all got to gel and it's going to take a little time. Perhaps maybe week one in Kansas City, it won't be there yet. But as I tell everybody, I'd rather face Kansas City in you know week one the way we are and then go face them again in week 21, so to speak, <laughs> with the 17-game regular season. Uh, and the way the schedule is broken down, and you want to talk AFC North title, and you have that window where it is nothing but Baltimore Ravens for basically 21 days that this franchise can think about and focus on and putting the stamp on getting this title, which almost seemed like a favor to the Browns when that schedule came out because the, the Ravens will have already had their bye week. It's it, it's really there. It's really teed up. There's always going to be a hiccup or two. Injuries can come into it. But, Jared, these expectations, they, they are about as real as they can get. I mean, you've never – you know, literally the third base coach is waving this team towards the plate like – here is your opportunity. Look, you put Pittsburgh probably most likely for a while in the rear view. Cincinnati, not there yet. Baltimore, obviously, right now is your, you know, is your Apollo Creed. If you're Rocky, you got to climb that mountain. But this is here and this is legitimate. And this franchise, you look at each positional group, and it's hard when you break down each individual one. Like you look and you say, oh, well, I don't think he can stay. But you're talking about players that are really solid and really talented players. But that is just basically, you know, the 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 die that has been set. This is legitimate. It's real. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I'll just be very honest. If everything else was the same, but the Browns were 
six and ten last season, seven and nine, I would have a completely different mindset going into the season. Everybody else probably would still be very excited. Like, look at all the talent, because there is a lot of talent, right? We're not denying that at all. But for me, what's really key is that winning season last year. Adding talent, adding all of that talent to a winning roster, to a team that has learned how to win, to a team that has expectations. So we're not talking about all hype. We're talking about substance with hype on top of. And that is rare to see in Cleveland. We've had hype with no substance. We've had a little bit of substance every once in a while, but not enough hype, not enough that upside, right? So we've had a really good offensive line with Mitchell Schwartz and Alex Mack and Joe Thomas, just not enough of the rest of the stuff. It is last season's record and competition uh, and competing with Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes went out. All of that is why this season is very real. It is very much in front of us uh, to cover them, to cheer for them. Listen, I grew up in Sandusky. I've uh, been covering the team for over a decade now. So I have both of this logical and and, and fan thing that, that goes together really nicely for me that, that I'm excited to see it. I think they built a team that – wants to compete with the right teams, right? They're ready to compete with Buffalo. They want to compete with Kansas City. They're ready to compete with Baltimore. They have that right type of team. Do they get tripped up by a Raiders or a Miami team that has a a strong physical running game? And how do they figure all that out? There are some details, you know, in the muck. And the reality is, is the NFL playoffs are kind of Yahtzee oriented. Who gets injured? Who do you run into? it's It's not the best team. It's the hottest team. It absolutely is, right? Oh, my goodness, Kansas City doesn't have a single good offensive lineman. Well, we're just going to rush everybody and figure the rest out. You know, like everything just matches up, you know, all of that. So for me, it's do they have a winning season? Do they compete in the playoffs? And if if there is a trip up, because here's the reality, Andrew Berry's young, Kevin Savancy's young, most of the roster's young. I want to cover a good team for 10 years, and I want at least one Super Bowl. And it's realistic to say that starts this year. And I never could say that before. As a fan, I can be like, man, I hope they can go- they can be good. But I can actually be excited and logically say this is a really good team. And I think this is the one thing you take away from the Pittsburgh playoff game is, you know, the fact that it was, you know, Batonio's out, you know, and everything else. And now you're starting <clears> – you're starting a cornerback in Robert Jackson who most likely wouldn't have dressed in that game. But then it's Kevin Stefanski can't be there. And it was like, well, oh, good God. You know, it, but all of these coaches, as long as well as almost all the personnel from last year are returning. And, and when you, you go back to that, and it was like, well, wait a minute. You went into Pittsburgh. You basically throttled them, embarrassed them at home. And, like, you had to leave, like, 10 to 12 pieces back in Cleveland to do it. Now you've updated the talent. You've upgraded the talent. You're getting Grant Talbot back. You're getting Greedy Williams back. You brought in the number one safety and free agency. You brought in a linebacker who you think is just going to be like the eyes and ears to basically to you know uh, be the tutor to some young players for this stuff. You brought in hybrid players in JOK and Tony Fields. Uh, it, it's just crazy to think because you know now everything is in place. Like okay, the roster, the coaching staff, the front office. But it's all of it now. You have the perfect blend. You have the perfect recipe. And look, I mean, yes, you may lose week one, but 13 and four, 14 and three. And it's so weird to talk about these numbers in a regular season now with 17 games. 
No, I'm going to get it wrong this is, so many times. Oh, my God. <laughs> six and 11 sounds insane. Six and 11. Like, what? Six and 11. Jared, this is where it's at. I mean, like, you have it everywhere. You have the coaching staff. You have the front office that says, hey, if we're going to need something, we've always got a couple of extra draft picks. Just let me know. We'll get it done by Halloween. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they're going to be aggressive because there's the other thing when we talk about salary cap and all the players that could leave is they expect the cap to go up, right? So guess what? If we need that, obviously, Daniel Hunter, you know, he readjusted his contract. But we didn't think Yannick Ngakwe was going to get traded twice last year. So we we can often go, well, there's nobody available. Listen, everything changes by week four, right? Like, who knows what's happened by week four? And Andrew Barry is not afraid. Jimmy Haslam has all kinds of money, legal or illegal, whatever. Uh, you know, there's just everything <laughs> is available to this team. And, and you're not looking at this huge weakness either, right? Yes. Would it have been nice to have Sheldon Richardson back? Sure. Would it be nice to have, you know, this, that, or the other thing? Sure. Absolutely. All of those things would be nice. But you are not wanting a single thing on this team. And I don't know what that feels like. I don't understand it. It's hard to conceptualize that you're not going, yeah, if. No, if is stay healthy, everything breaks their way. Like, those are the only two ifs. And those are, what, those are the only ifs good quality teams have. And it's really exciting to be a part of. Well, I mean, even you go back to last year, like, oh, no, you lost Odell Beckham Jr. All right, well, okay, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, there's a bigger opportunity for you. Now, if the same situation arises, you you have this to bump them up. And look, you know, everybody's got to be patient and understand that they're being a part of a winner. And there's younger guys, you know, and their biggest importance is going to be, you know, you may only get called on 10 to 15 times. But make the most of those 10 or 15 times because that's where you are at now. But, yes, in a year or two, when you are enabled to a larger piece of the pie, so to speak, you're going to be ready for it because, you know, you have experience, you've been coached well, and you're just you know ready to shine. You haven't been rushed, which has always been the case with this franchise for years where it was, you know, welcome sixth-round pick, whatever your name is. Um, <laughs> we hope you are a 10-year starter and hopefully go to Canton, for God's sakes. Year one, we need you to be at least a Pro Bowl or maybe an All-Pro. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, the bar's a little bit different. Tad bit different. Um, we're going to put a bow on this here. Um, you loved him as the former host of Lockdown Browns. You loved him at the OBR. He's killing it editor-in-chief now at Browns Wire, uh, giving Jeff Risden a tiny bit of a chance to, uh, you know, a little stress relief from Jeff as he now turns into the greatest AAU parent of his son and his daughter. We always love you, Jeff. You know that. Um, so, you know, with Jared, um, it's been great because in, I even still tell people when I was going to take this over, I made sure I didn't realize, you know, because Jared's run here was brief. Was like, Everything okay. You know, I just want to let you know we're going to do this. Oh man, take the ball and run with it. And obviously, you know, I brought Jared in to, you know, give some kind words, you know, on the 1000th episode of Lockdown Browns. Um, just a great person. Uh, I appreciate him. I uh, appreciate his work. Um, and the other thing is, like me, Jared knows how to, you know, a little tongue in cheek and have a little fun with it. And, <laughs> but it's, it's different, kids. There's no more tongue in cheek here now. It's, I mean, we're literally here like breaming. We are breaming, you know, for me, like I talk about my kids, that's kind of the way I talk about the Cleveland Browns right now. This is real, it's legitimate. And I cannot wait, you know, as much as I love sunshirts, beers outside. 
If you told me it was the first Sunday in September now of the freaking go. Absolutely. And the, the really cool thing, Jeff, uh, I appreciate all those kind words, is we get to go together, right? Like, you know, think of all the people who we've kind of went through the grind with, went through the bad seasons, went through the struggle with. Like, I always talk about people over product, um, you know, get your people right. Everything else will work itself out, you know, and, and going together with some of the great people that we've met through social media, all that stuff. Yep. Now to get to enjoy this together, to be a part of, of a family in a different way. Uh, I think that's going to be the most, the biggest blessing of it um, is not only your real family and your home family, but the family we've, we've kind of created along the way, getting to celebrate together. I got to do it in Cleveland when the Cavs won the championship with some people that I've built friendships with uh, through social media. And, and I can't wait to get the opportunity to do that once again, covering our beloved Cleveland Browns. And we'll close with this here um, to uh, Jared, myself and Stephen Thomas and our fellow golden girl, uh, Ryan Burns, Ryan, congratulations on your wedding. Um, so yeah. a new chapter of your life. Um, really excited for you. Uh, you know, all the best, uh, the, the, the flight arrangements to wait a minute. I never got invited, right. But to all the best yeah, obviously, invited either. chapter in your life. <laughs> yeah. It's messed up, but Brandon Leister's out there. So at least somebody's representing, um, but Ryan, all the best, uh, on your new future. Uh, make sure you're following Jared Mueller. Um, I'm sure you'll find it now. He's got that fancy, dancy new check mark next to his check name. Mark, baby. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. And I'm, yeah, um, I'm still waiting for mine. Locked on. Let's go. I thought it was a longevity thing because I was pretty higher in the pecking order than some other people. But we'll let that go for another day. Um, Locked on Browns, whether it's iTunes, whether there is Odyssey, make sure you're subscribed, following, um, leaving those five-star ratings and those written reviews. Appreciate y'all. Guys, missed y'all last week. We had a lot going on here, um, but we're here. And make sure you're following at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account at Lockdown Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>